This is Aunt Rebecca in Oregon. Welcome to Gardening Related. And this is Elizabeth over in New York. How are hey girl. you? I'm hey. good. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. good. Oh, good. we're doing good. good. We're doing good. Yeah. We are having our rainy season uh, starting now. It's, it started, huh? Is oh. it cooler? It is. It's uh, it's cooler, but it's still humid. You know, and, and like cool for us is now like 75. Um uh-huh. But it's it's a welcome relief for us. Yeah. So are your tomato plants still uh redding up? Are they still ripening? They are. Yeah. I just harvested some more cherry tomatoes. Um Good. so those are, you know, we're still getting them. They're still nice and Good. sweet. And I have some uh plum tomatoes that are on the vine, still green, but I think in the next week or two they'll start turning red. So yeah, Elizabeth, yeah. you could try to wrap them in plastic. Oh, that's I'm a not good joking. Idea. Yeah, wrap, yeah. Wrap Hot them in either them. clear plastic or or um, I used to use in Taos. I used to use a white plastic garbage bag, a big one, um, because my plants never got that big. Mm. Um, it was mm. just such a slow and cold growing season that um, they never got out of their little round tomato cage. So I would use the tomato cage as the as the I don't know what you call it this the shell of the, <clears throat> the the stake of the garbage bag but you can use whatever <laughs> will go around it <clears throat> that makes sense and, I like it and it will absolutely heat them up during the day mm-hmm. oh yeah oh yeah definitely it'll help keep the chickens off them too oh yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> which you know is also I, I'm pretty sure that they had some of our cherry tomatoes you know they just couldn't know you themselves. think yeah oh my gosh you're gonna have little cherry tomato babies you know you're gonna have little babies <laughs> yeah. next spring in the coop um how are the chickens doing are, are they giving you eggs oh they are yeah they're ah. so good I don't I don't know good. if I've updated everyone on the whole Louis Luis thing but we had like a gender identity issue with one of our chickens um, so you have an LBGYQ whatever. <laughs> we have an LGBTQIA. That's it. <laughs> uh, IA. Yeah, yeah. What? What? Yeah, Louis. Uh, originally Luis uh, or Louisa. Um, Louisa. Louisa. Yeah, Louisa May. She just grew some extra hair on the top of her head, and we're like, I don't know if that's. If that's rooster fluff, um, it, it yeah. really looked like rooster fluff. And like, yeah, um, what we found out now is that the um, the Easter eggers are just a bigger bird than the others. But when it was touch and go there, it was like, oh, you know, she's bigger than the other chickens. So I, I really think that, you know, she's a rooster. Um, and so we just started calling her Lewis and him. You know, and switched over pronouns and everything. And, you know, um, you're so politically correct. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, however, this chicken chooses to present and be, whatever. Um, I was a little disappointed that we were only going to be getting five eggs instead of six. Um, yeah. But we've been getting eggs from all of them for, or from four for about a month now. Um, and I opened the coop one day was like around one o'clock. Um, so they were already out prowling the yard being the lawn dinosaurs that they are. Um, yeah. 
and there were only five of them. And I when I opened the nesting box, there was Lewis laying his first tiny little egg, and it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Sometimes they take longer. Yes. Yeah. Everyone has their own path and their own speed of, you know, coming to fruition. But yeah, so we're so happy that, you know, our baby boy Lewis is laying eggs now. (laughs) Is still back into Louisa May. Yeah, it's really hard. You know, we've been calling him Lewis and him for so long. (laughs) I Uh think it's really just stuck as as like, you know, he's just a gender. You're going to have to put lipstick on him you're gonna have to put lipstick on him that's all there is to it (laughs) um what color was the egg so so that's another thing we got easter eggers americanas olive eggers and rhode island reds and the easter eggers are laying a dark brown speckled egg where i thought they were supposed to be laying blue so i don't know if we got yeah blue or green the breed or something. Um, Did you get something called an Americana or Amer- uh, uh, something like that? Americana? Uh, let me look up. It's something like that. Americana chicken. Let me look that up. Because I don't know. Those I mean, are the Easter egg layers. No, that that doesn't look like It's not quite have. America. It's <laughs> That doesn't well, then look like You may what have gotten have. a different one. Oh, that one kind of. One of them kind of could. Yeah, when I look up Easter egg or chicken, uh, I see, I see what ours look like. Um, you know, and they're they're kind of like a a brown mottled. Um, you know, they have a variety of different colors yeah. throughout their feather and and body. Yeah, um, they're really pretty. Yeah. Um, and I guess they they lay a variety of egg colors too, from dark brown. They do. To blue to green, um, our olive eggs they... are laying really pretty olive eggs. Um, That's nice. That's yeah. nice. And then the Rhode Island Reds are laying like a very light brown. So we yes. have, you know, I open our egg cartons, and Forrest and I just like looked at one of our full egg cartons for like a solid thirty seconds, and just like fawned over them. You know. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do know. And then it's you like crack the them open, and they taste so much better. They do. Fresh they do. eggs taste so different oh. than the ones you buy in the store. They Absolutely. taste eggy. <clears throat> it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And you just appreciate it more, you know? Yes. I, uh, <clears throat> I, I've been making hard boiled eggs and I had a, I had a real blonde moment where, um, I like specifically hard boiled some of the smaller Easter egg or the yes. green, <clears throat> green eggs. And yes. when I went to peel them, They're I hard. was, I was very disappointed difficult. that it wasn't green on the inside. You know, like <laughs> I know I know it with my brain. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I know it with my brain. I know it with, you know, common sense. Yeah. But like still when you take the green egg off, you're like, oh, it's not green anymore. It's just white. It's just no, it's white. <laughs> that's a good thing. That's yeah. a really good thing. I wouldn't want a green egg. I mean, no, no. I love Dr. Seuss, but I wouldn't want a green egg. I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but they're so, great. So that's that's good news. That's really good news. <clears throat> and I'm glad you're still getting tomatoes. Out here, we've had such a strange summer. It's been mm. 
um, uh, our neighbors are getting much better um, tomatoes than we are because I think they started earlier. Mm. And um, so they've actually been giving us tomatoes in exchange for letting us, uh, letting them swim in our pool. Ah, that's perfect. What a great trade. It's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, It's wonderful. (laughs) So I'm really happy about that. And so we've had some lovely BLTs and our tomatoes are finally starting to come in. But this is the last hot day. And then it's going to go down into the mid 80s and then into the mid 70s. Wow. So I don't know if we're going to. Well, today it's going to be almost 100, I think. Oh. But it's, it's just like it's the last day of heat. Mm-hmm. 82 i lied i lied you know what i was listening to the weather people uh last week um it's 82 today oh, okay. oh and tomorrow will be 84 but it's going to go down into the 70s in which case you don't have a lot of hope left for most of your tomatoes so you need to take them up rip them out <clears throat> hang them in, upside down in the garage or take them off the vines and ha- and put them upside down on a sunny windowsill Mm. Now, some people think that you should put them in a cool place. I read someplace that she's going to put them into a cool place, a cool, dark place, and they won't ripen. Now, maybe she'll be able to bring them out in a month and have them ripen. I don't have a lot of hope for that. That seems seems so risky. Wait, so she's going to keep them on the vine? In no, a cool, dark she's place? Gonna, no, she's going to take them off the vine and keep them in a cool, dark place, green, and hope that they ripen. And I'm thinking, I, I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that either. But that doesn't mean that I that I know because I've never yeah. done that. So maybe she knows more wow. than we do. Okay. Well, that's fun. Yeah, you know, I'd got be a curious if that would work. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, huh. it's very odd. <clears throat> so we'll see. It's fall, and or it's just the beginning of fall, and the leaves are going to turn, and then they're going to go off. And I want to talk about leaf mold before people rake them up and throw them away. Yeah, yes. Yeah, along because, with all of our grass initiatives, I feel like leaves go hand in hand with this. Yeah. Yeah, in a way, it's, it's sort of like God giving you something for free that you really, really, really need, and you don't know it. Yes, yes. So Teach leaf me. mold. <laughs> leaf mold you rake up the leaves into at least at the very minimum a three by three by three mm-hmm. okay so it's three feet high three feet wide three feet deep mm-hmm. and at the very least you can put it in a bin you can put it in a circular uh fence thing you can put it in the corner of the fence in the back of your yard because you're going to need it and leave it there for almost a year hmm Okay. And you're going to keep it moist, wet, but not sock, soaking wet. Although I don't know how I'm going to do that in, in Oregon when the rains come. But <clears throat> <laughs> you can also um, <clears throat> do several things about it. Leaf mold is really good because it helps the structure of the soil. It helps retain the moisture in the soil. It also helps all the microcosms in the soil, but it does not. And I want to really stress this because I look, just looked this up today. So I'm really, really smart just for today. <laughs> uh, it'll be gone by tomorrow. <clears throat> it does not improve your f- the food of your soil. Oh, interesting. It is not compost. It is leaf mold. And as leaf mold, it should be crumbly and smell like the earth sweet. 
Mm-hmm. And oh, I and can't wait for the smell. I'm so ready for it. Ooh. I know. <laughs> and it it needs about a year if you don't turn it or chop up the leaves first. It takes two years. If you chop it up first by running it under a lawnmower, mm-hmm. run your leaves under a lawnmower and then pile them up and wet them down if it's not raining that day and keep them moist and keep them a little aired. Oh, they also said you could do it in a big old garbage bag. And oh. you pile the leaves in the garbage bag and you wet them down and then you cut some slits in the um in the bag for air. Mm. And then uh every now and then you shake the bag so that it gets more air into it. Huh. And the combination between the moisture and the air <clears throat> gives the leaves it's needed decompositional um, needs. Mm-hmm. It, it gives it what's it need, but it takes about a year for that to do if you chop them up. And so what do you do with it? So it, it doesn't right. actually feed the soil. So what no. is, what is the point? Why, why should I say? So that? let's say you've got sandy soil. Mm-hmm. Or let's say that you've got soil that drains too quickly because it's got a lot of sand in it or something. Or let's say that you've got kind of just crappy soil, just crappy, and nothing much grows in it, and you have to water it three times a day because it doesn't hold water very much. It's not food. It's not manure. It's not compost, which you can put into your leaf mold, by the way. But Mm. the leaf mold will help the structure of it hold more water. And it will help it, the worms and stuff come up, which will, in the worms will feed it through their worm castings. Mm. And then if you put compost on top of that, you're going to get a far better yummy soil because soil is it. Soil is the number one success thing. If you get your soil right, it doesn't matter what you put in it, mm-hmm. it will grow. Mm-hmm. If you don't get your soil right, no matter what glorious plant you've spent a massive amount of money on, it's going to die back. Mm-hmm. So leaf mold is one of those things that it gives you, it gives you more structure. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is the <clears throat> topping off of the soil that nature just automatically does every year. Right? Yes. So yes. if you're not adding the leaves from the trees back into the soil, you're you're going to have less and less soil theoretically every year. Well, you'll have less and less ability for the soil to recuperate. Mm. That's why that's why you know you don't go to the forest and rake the leaves up every year. No. They, they decompose down. And as they decompose, they feed back the very tree because it's the leaves from that tree. Yeah. They feed back the very tree with its own leaves. It's the building We're, block. It's the building block. And then the worms come up. And then the every, you know, and then the mycelium the micro- comes yes, through. That, and the little the mycel- bugs have yes. homes. They yeah. eat those leaf mold things. And they're the ones that restore the soil to good health. Mm, mm-hmm. And all of the magic that comes with it. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> so there's a whole lot of good about leaf, leaf mold. And it's free. <clears throat> it's absolutely free. And where you don't want 
your lawn anymore. Pile your leaves for winter and you won't have grass in the, in the spring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or it's could, sort of, you, could you just not uh, rake and just mow over it and just mulch all of those leaves and have nice, healthy, restored lawn if, or, you know, clover, whatever you would like? No. It'll no. kill it because it'll stop the water from going down into it while it's decomposing. And it also, it's, it's very carbon heavy and nitrogen light. So it, if you put it into soil before it's completely decomposed, like mm-hmm. you were suggesting, then it will take the nitrogen up. Oh, oh so you want to balance it. To balance it. it. So you want to make sure that you don't do that. You put it in a pile. And if you want to leave your leaves under your trees, that's totally fine. The leaves will feed the trees in which they've, from which they've fallen. Got it. Got it. So in the, in the large part of your yard, you do need to rake up your leaves. (laughs) Well, in the large part of your lawn, Mm -hmm. anytime, anywhere you want something to grow next year that you mm-hmm. don't want to have to add nitrogen to. Now, you could uh, turn the leaves in, you know, till them in to your, uh, to your soil this year, add some nitrogen, add some compost, and you're set. Got it. Got it. Yeah. But you'd have to, but you'd have to add that. Whereas in a year from now, <clears throat> if you mow your leaf chips and then uh, pile them up three by three, <clears throat> And keep turning them every now and then and adding that oxygen to them. By this time next year, you could be adding leaf mold to your garden beds that would make it absolutely yummy next spring. Mm. It requires patience, but it's free. Right? Yes. Yeah. It's free versus bagging them up and putting them on somebody else's uh, garbage bin layer. Yeah, you know, and you can you if you were really good and you had a lot of energy, like you're young, you could volunteer to rake up your neighbor's leaves and use theirs too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true, and it, it is one of my pet peeves seeing you know all of the the bags people put leaves in plastic bags. Yeah, um, not not to leaf mold and compost. Them, no, but to then throw them out as if. Yeah. As if it's litter or trash that is being thrown down when, when in fact, it is the exact opposite of that. It's the building exactly. blocks if they, for the continuation if they just, of our earth. <laughs> exactly. If they just wet them, yeah. if they wet them before they close them and stru- put some holes in them, there would be massive amounts of leaf mold for the, for the whole county. Yeah. 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 So the one thing, the, the kinds of leaves you don't want in your leaf mold or anything that's acidic like conifers. Oh, interesting. Or pine needles or pine needles, things like that, <clears throat> because they are too acidic. That makes sense. And they probably decompose in a very different way. They do. Know? It takes twice as long. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're harder. You know, they're dense. <clears throat> they're pointy. On the other side of the scale, I put... Um, 
I had a whole bunch of con- I have a whole bunch of conifers surrounding my house, mm-hmm. and I had a lot of needles <clears throat> one summer one fall, and I put them as mulch on my on my uh, roadie bed. Oh, because rhododendrons love acid, right? They love the acid, and it took a long time, and it helped uh, kill the weeds in that mm. bed for a year. Mm. So that and- was good. <clears throat> And probably naturally helped with soil erosion as well. Exactly. Which is one of the benefits of staying native. Exactly. You you have to learn to use what's around you. And what that involves Mm -hmm. is the pH Mm -hmm. and if it'll feed or take away from the soil. And um, when, you know, like um, if you get a brand new um, uh, truckload, that's the word I'm thinking of, of... (laughs) wood chips that have just been chipped from a brand new cut down tree. Mm-hmm. Beautiful wood chips, whether they're from an oak tree or a conifer or whatever. <clears throat> they're going to steal the nitrogen if you use them immediately as mulch huh. because they haven't aged. So it takes up the nitrogen from wherever it's laying. Mm. So if you wait a year though, all the nitrogen is then fixed within it, and then you spread it, and it gives back the nitrogen that it had taken up. So you have to age your wood chips. Yes, God. one year. That is <clears throat> so crazy. Oh, my gosh. I never, like, who figured that out, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody, some scientist. Some scientist. Like some scientist yeah. like Forrest who, who knows about molecules and things like that. Oh. Not me. All I know is how to read it. That's all I know. And maybe if I'm good, remember it sometimes. Well, but it's, is... really, it's really important yeah. when you do introduce yeah. something new to your garden to read about it. Look it up. Yes. You know, we, we used to, you know, when I was learning this, uh, just before the internet came online, just before <laughs> the internet, we had to buy books on it. Mm-hmm. Or go to the library and rent a book and then pray you, you remembered what you read. Yeah. <clears throat> Take notes. Exactly. Well, now this is... you, can, you can just Google it. Yeah. And this is such a, a, uh, a prescient conversation right now because I was just at Home Depot, you know, of course, buying mums and uh, bulbs. Yes. We, we were planting uh, tulips and yes. daffodils um this weekend and getting Good. all ready you know planting those little gifts to to ourselves that are going yes. to come up in a few months yes. after the long winter um and i saw a soil kit soil test kit yes and i thought you know i really should know one way or another and uh i got it at home depot i think i spent four no twenty dollars yes. on it um and it had 40 uh, tests in it. Good. And it tests Good. for nitrogen, phosphorus, and the other one. Um, <laughs> potassium. Potassium. Yes. Um, so I got to tell you, I've never bought potassium in my life. Really? I mean, no. I bought things for nitrogen. I bought things for, for ash and, and, and for pH stuff. But I've never bought potassium or, or the other one. What was the other one? Phosphorus. Right. I've never bought those. Huh. huh. I don't know why. I, you know, it's like I don't, I don't see the bag of it. I don't see it saying nitrogen or potassium or whatever. I just see uh, for acid or. For, but anyway, go ahead. So you bought this. 
I'm really yes. happy for you. So I bought it. I haven't tested the soil yet, but I'm going to. And, and you know, you have to test it in several different places, Elizabeth. Oh. Where okay. you have, where you have um, um, amended, uh-huh. where, you, where you haven't amended in the front, in the back, mm. like that. Next mm-hmm. to the driveway is a different one than maybe in the middle of your backyard. Oh, because, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why you need 40 tests. <laughs> so it's not use for 40 all years, of them Charlie. at once. No, <clears throat> but use <clears throat> use the ones against your house versus the ones against uh, not against your house versus the ones in your vegetable bed versus the ones in that old rose bed that you haven't done much to, you yeah. know, just check it out. <clears throat> Yeah. And if you want to yeah. plant something like uh, azaleas or roadies or some acid-loving thing, test the soil. Mm-hmm. And also, when you, when you plant your dahlias, they like sweet soil, so wood ash or agricultural oh. lime. Yeah, yeah. So, d- so does lilac. Lilac, throw some li- wood ash in your lilac. Mm-hmm. Tell your... Tell Mike to bring you up some wood ash. I will. I will. Yeah. 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 Well, our, uh, our dahlias have been just popping off. They've been looking so good. Oh my gosh. Aren't they great? Oh, isn't it fabulous? Yes. And the gladiolas. Oh my God. What a show. They are such a show. So we got a variety of bulbs and they are stunning. They're stunning. I mean, we have a fuchsia and like bright yellow in the gladiola in the same, like it just opens up. It's oh, nice. stunning. And then like this deep, gorgeous, almost iridescent purple whites. Another fuchsia pink one is about to explode. I am Good. so enjoying the show. It is incredible. Highly recommend gladiolas. The one thing though that I am battling with them is they get so heavy and they're so big that, you know, they, the first bloom and the first, maybe three blooms open up and then they, they fall flat on their faces. Yeah. 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 So So, there are stakes, you know how to, mm -hmm. do you know how to stake something to just a pole? Let me see. There's, so you, you put the pole in and you pull the, uh, gladiola let's say Mm -hmm. or stem of whatever it is that you want to stake back to the pole Mm -hmm. so you put the pole where you want the gladiola to original to eventually be yes yes okay and then you make a figure eight Mm. with your string okay so one loop around the pole and one loop around the flower oh that makes sense yeah and then you tie it to the pole. The The loop around the pole is the one that you tie. Right, right. <clears throat> if you tie it too tight, um, <clears throat> you might cut off the, the good to the, to the flower. Mm-hmm. So you tie it loosely so it can move a little bit in the wind and it won't pop off and break off in the right. wind. Right. You've got to give it a little bit of movement room. And you'll feel that out and see how you do as you go along. Okay. Also, they make a they make a lovely stake now, but you have to pay for them where you <clears throat> it's metal and it's got a, a loop around it and you can just loop it in. Oh, yes. I've seen those. Yeah. But yeah. they pop. They pop where the loop is in a heavy wind. 
Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So well, we have plenty of stakes and, you know, I've also, I've also been decently successful with just like propping the flower up and then yes. patting the soil down around it and yes. just reinforcing the soil. Good um, for you. And, you know, that's held, that's held some of the times as well, depending. Good. Now, you know, the gladiolas need to be taken up as well as dahlias in your area. Yes. Yep. Good. So as they start to die back, um, let them die back all the way. Don't forget mm -hmm. where you've planted them. Mm -hmm. Leave the ugly stalk there if you want, because it's fall. Mm -hmm. and, and dig them up. <clears throat> and I recommend that you go to the store, whatever store, dollar store, whatever, and buy a hundred uh, uh, brown lunch bags, paper lunch bags. Yep. Yep. And mark them. Okay. <clears throat> and throw your dahlias in those. And your, your dahlias and your... Um, Gladiolas in those. Hmm. That way you, you've got them, you've got them marked, you've got them hidden away. They're not going to get sunlight so that they suddenly start sprouting again mm -hmm. until spring, until it gets a little bit warmer. And, and one then you in can, each bag or, you know. Well, or let's say, let's say you've got a half a dozen purple gladiolas. Mm -hmm. All six in the same beautiful purple glads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you've got five white ones, and then you've got six of the other of yellow ones, and then you've got you got it. Mm -hmm. So so you just divide them by color. Okay. Yeah. And you don't want them so piled in there that they'll mold. Right, right. They need air, a certain amount of <clears throat> air to stay dry. Got it. And your dahlia, <clears throat> if do you have your dahlia in the ground or in a pot? Dahlia in, the, in ground. the ground or in the ground. Okay, good. So you're definitely going to need to pull, pull them up. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Be very um, generous with the soil around your dahlia tuber when you start to dig it up. In other words, don't start digging two inches away from the stalk. Mm. You'll break your dahlia tubers. Go six, eight inches away. Okay. Yes, it's going to be a heavy lift. Get Forrest to do it for you. And then <laughs> gently, gently, gently lift it up. You know, go around eight inches around it and gently lift it up. Um, <clears throat> do it before it gets too cold, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> They'll start getting small. The flowers will start getting smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's and what as they doing. do, yeah. <clears throat> that's the sign that your dahlias kind of, <sighs> you know, oh my gosh, Catching I'm, their I'm breath. tired. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> and you can, <clears throat> you can uh, dig them up, <clears throat> and then lay them in the sun on a newspaper, uh, in the, with the out. soil, with the soil kind of around them. Hose them down a little bit a day later, <clears throat> or you can huh. hose them down the same day. You can hose them down the same day so that you've got the tuber there, as long as it's not freezing at night, mm -hmm. because they're full of a water-based substance, and they'll freeze, and then you'll lose them. Oh, interesting. Okay. And you'll be amazed that you started with a tuber, I know you, or maybe a tuber and a half or two yeah. tubers. Yeah. And you'll have five or six I love it. And I will teach you, or I will direct you to a uh, Swan Island Dahlia's uh, video on how to divide them. Okay. Yes, please. Yeah. It's not hard. It, it's time consuming. It takes good eyesight and a steady mm -hmm. hand mm -hmm. and the right equipment. You mm. need a chisel. Not because um, they're so hard to cut, but because you need to chisel away little pieces and stuff. You'll see, you'll see what I'm talking about. Okay. But anyway... Next year, instead of one dahlia, you'll have three. Yeah, exactly. 
exactly. and if you don't if you don't pull them up in, for people that live in uh higher than nine if you don't pull them up after two or three years your dahlias start to stop flowering that's bad no way yes because they get so entangled in this mesh of Mm. tubers that they resent it so they they need to be divided about every three years minimum oh interesting yeah huh that is so funny wow yeah they they outgrow their they outgrow their home every three years. They do. It's like wearing the same clothes when you're a kid for three years. After a while, you can't move. Yeah. That's understandable. It just I wouldn't hurt. want a flower either if I was too no. cramped. Yeah. No. So, so you just have to know that they're an upkeep, but they're so worth it this time of year. Oh, my God. Forrest is, like, so blown away. He didn't think that, that gardens flowered in September. Right. You know, and it's it's one of those just delightful surprises where yeah. fall is fall is one of the best the best gardening seasons. It's cool. It is. You can enjoy it. You yes. know, we've had we've had more bonfires recently because of it. And yes, oh, it's there's, just so enjoyable. Yeah, there's some wood ash for you. Yeah. And you you need to know that hardy mums are what you need to pick out. Did I tell you that before? Yes, you did. Good. Yep. Good, because there's a lot on the market right now that are not designed to last through the winter. Even in little old Oregon here that doesn't hardly get any rain or snow in the valley. Yeah. Um, but where you are, you know, some, they grow brilliantly in Japan where it gets cold and snowy. Yeah. But, yeah. So you just have to pick which ones. And you can go onto websites, Elizabeth, you can look online onto websites. They have spider mums that will make your mouth water. Oh, yes. Yes. I think we've looked at, at spider mums together before. Yeah, they're yes. stunning. They yeah. are stunning. And, and if they're, um, there's mum societies all across the world. Mm. <laughs> and you can buy starts from them. Hmm. So you can, you know, uh, they want you in their societies. They want a bigger society, more people growing it, more exposure because it's more beautiful. Yeah. It's, sh- it's sharing beauty. I love yes. that. Yes. Don't you love that sharing beauty? Yeah. Anyway. Well, <clears throat> I, I would think, you know, gardeners are, are a welcoming bunch because we all just want to see more flowers. Yes. You know, that's, that's our big MO. That's right. <laughs> the That's more right. gardens, the better. Yes, please. Exactly. And it strikes me as always uh, funny when people get jealous of other people's gardens because they're, they're just jealous of somebody's visions. Mm-hmm. But once you've seen their vision, you can redo it. You can steal their ideas. Yes. And yeah. instead of being mad about stealing their ideas, they're complimented. Yes, exactly. They're flattered. Exactly. What was that Van Gogh said? Um, uh, amateur artists borrow, good an- artists steal. Yes. You know? Yes. Go ahead. Steal the ahead. idea. Ask I mean, for a cutting. Ask yeah. for a clipping. Or, you know, just kind of pinch, do a little pinch, you know? I mean, we've all been to Home Depot and pinched a few spider plant babies. No, I haven't ever done that. Ah! I may have several growing in the house currently. <laughs> Take me to jail. <laughs> don't say that. Don't say that. She didn't mean that. No, no, no. I don't I don't know what you're talking about, sir. No, These I don't spider either. plant babies that are in a pot are 
totally normal. Did and I, I tell paid you, for them. <laughs> there was this wonderful, very famous uh, English uh, gardener named Rosemary Vary. She was old when I first started gardening in the 1990s. <clears throat> and I, I went to see a talk of hers in San Francisco when I lived there. And she showed this beautiful picture of her garden with this killer clematis over a gate. And it was purple and full oh. bloom. And it was just shockingly beautiful. Oh. And she said... <clears throat> This was a clam. I don't have the name of the species because <clears throat> I saw it um, in an Italian garden. How a snippet of it got into my pocket, I'll never know. <laughs> and oh, I'm no. Thinking, <clears throat> oh, no. And I'm thinking, you know, if I could root a snippet, wouldn't I be clever? But she could. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Because clematis are hard to do. <clears throat> but she did it. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> but there are easy things to clip and easy things to snip. And um, it, mm -hmm. it's a good time to start. And remember your willow water. Yes. You could sell willow water, my dear. I was just thinking that is like, oh, maybe she had some willow water. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. think she probably did. <clears throat> and I think that you need to think about it for your... Uh, <clears throat> For your snippets that you're going to put in the ground. And also, as we're bringing things in, uh, this leads me directly to geraniums. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. So, so geraniums are so... Um, what's the word I want? Their little stems aren't willowy and small. They're chunky. And if you put them in water, they'll rot. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. They have a succulent-like... Yes. That's right. You know, body exactly. shape. Yeah. Exactly. So put them in some good soil. Mm -hmm. And I would water them with some willow water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because I have, and, I have some, some geraniums that I'm going to be taking up. And I'd love to save them. I'd love to not have to, you know, go out and buy more geraniums. I have, uh, for the last several years in Oregon here, I have reached into a big pot full of a geranium in the center and petunias and lobelia and all kinds of stuff on the sides, <clears throat> petunias, and I have reached in with my hands and pulled up my geranium barehanded and planted it in new fresh soil in a new pot and brought it in. And huh. it works just fine. And it works just fine. It works just fine. You put it in a sunny window and you keep it watered and you make sure that you've cut back all the blooms because you don't want it blooming mm. when you've transplanted it. So whack off all the blooms. Don't give it any extra stress because a bloom in a newly transplanted pot is asking too much. Yes. And that makes sense. That <clears throat> makes sense. I, you know, no one, no one can perform their high art while also exactly. moving. <laughs> exactly. So so yeah. when you do your your pull-ins, I highly recommend, as I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do this, mm. is to get ready where you're going to put them. And don't be surprised if you don't have enough space. Mm -hmm. Make plan B and plan C. Mm -hmm. You know, and if that means you're not eating at your dining room table anymore, too bad. Yeah, well, I, I am thinking about that, at, you know, as, as I'm slowly starting to bring in the outdoor plants, that, or the indoor plants that have been outdoors on yes, vacation yes. for the last month or two. Yes. Um, and thinking, oh, God, I have split 
transplanted, you know, yes. things have gotten larger. <laughs> yes. Larger and Sing- and multiflorious. More more, you know. Yes. 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 They are yeah, they are multitude. <laughs> they are legion. <laughs> and you could have a little plant sale. Yeah. Yeah. Willow I know water and, and plants. Yeah. I'm thinking we are going to significantly add to the hanging portion of yes. the uh, the household. Um we're going to be putting a lot of screws into the ceiling. <laughs> do you ha- do you have a, a place a t- on top of bookshelves that you could you know put a dowel? Yep. On yeah, yeah. In between two bookshelves. Yeah. Or um, yeah. Or do like I'd love to do some little shelves that I can stick. I always wanted. I always wanted to put a, a six inch wide glass shelf along windows. Yes. Yes. Like a bookshelf, a bookshelf of glass shelves. Yes. On my window. <clears throat> that is so exactly that I just... what I want. I want a shelf hanging over yeah. the top third of the window. You know, okay. just so I can still see the view. Yeah. I, I'm short, so I I don't need that much. Yeah. But, you know, the plants get their light. I get to feel like I'm in a jungle in the winter time, which is yeah. the goal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and. Everything works out. Yeah. And you could buy, I, I mean, I really, um, I'm on it about uh, saucers for plants because uh, they don't yes. make them deep enough, mm-hmm. especially the pottery ones. They just don't. And then you get water all over your dang floor or your books or your furniture or it runs down your sleeve. I hate that. Uh, yes. Especially since it's dirty water, since it's filtered down through the plant. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Um, I just told somebody on a, on an online chat thing that for huge plants, I go to Ace Hardware and I buy a Christmas tree saucer. Oh, that's a really good idea. They're huge. They're green. They're they're tall-ish. Their sides are about three inches tall, mm-hmm. which is enough. Yeah, it's enough. <clears throat> and you can plant your you can put your big, big planters in them. And then I put them, uh, I put the whole thing on a heavy duty roller so I can roll them around where I want them. I think that's, but, yeah, that's also for important. The, have it for people, elevated slightly yeah. off the ground. Yeah. If you have a glass shelf with a plant on it, you're going to get wet when you yeah. water it. So you're going to need a decent saucer. And I was thinking of, of painting. This is an odd thought. Okay. This is a really odd thought. Okay. Tell me, tell me. I won't judge. But, I mean, you can you can use beautiful bowls from uh, Goodwill. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yes. You could paint, spray paint a pre- uh, in your favorite colors, ugly pots or roasting pans, dented up old oh. roasting pans that you don't need or want or from Goodwill. <clears throat> mm-hmm. You could even, it's too shallow, but um, maybe for succulents, you could uh, spray paint a cookie sheet. And then put gravel on top and then your succulents. Oh, I like it. Yes. There are all kinds of weird dishes and things. And, you know, I mean, how many little bowls do we have? Exactly. I love all of my little bowls, but also they can be used for plants. They can. Yeah. As long as you know that they're going to get ruined. Yes. Yes. They will get ruined. Teacups and teapots are another one that I love to pick up at Goodwill and plant things in. Oh, that's a good idea. A yeah, teapot. They're, 
They're great for succulents. Um, yes, and, they are. Or or baby spider plants. <laughs> baby spider plants are better because they like to be choked out and they don't mind the water sitting in the bottom of them. Whereas succulents, there's no hole in your teapot, so that might be yeah. difficult. But, yeah, that's true. That's true. But, it is. You you have to water carefully with those. Yes. <clears throat> I think there should be like, you know how women trade cookies at Christmas? Mm-hmm. I think there should be trading houseplants. I would home. love that. Yes. That I'm actually funny? rooting some snake plant right now. Because it was. Good idea. It, yeah. I, I got a floppy leaf and instead of yeah. tying it back, I just cut it off. And um, I'm rooting it and they root slow, but uh-huh. it is satisfying, you know? And, and I'm thinking. I could turn these into Christmas presents. Give people oh, like yes. a little, yeah, little teacup with a, a snake plant or a, or a spider plant in it. Yes. Yes. Especially, and, and they make great christening presents mm-hmm. or baby shower presents, a little baby thing yeah. in a little teacup, yeah. <clears throat> pink or blue. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great idea. <clears throat> um, so the other thing I wanted to talk about, besides leaf mold and hardy mums, well, we got was... some listener mail. Natives. We got some oh, listener that's right. mail, which is very exciting. And I'm so excited. Also, Her name, Amy. Shout out to also. shout out to Amy. Hi. Yes. And Hi, Amy. <laughs> we're so happy you wrote in. I know we're so excited. <laughs> and also, for any any listener who has questions, please write in. We'd love to. We'd love to respond. We'd love to answer your questions because otherwise, I'm just gonna keep going on about all of the mistakes that I'm making, which are plenty, um, plenty of material. But you know, we would love to take the spotlight off off of my mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You don't make that many mistakes. You. You're still eating from your garden. That's a big deal. And with a groundhog, that's a miracle. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. When I heard you had a groundhog, Elizabeth. I thought, <laughs> oh, this is going to be a really interesting year. This is going to be a year where she goes, no, I don't have any beans. No, I don't have any tomatoes. I don't know what happened to my celery. I don't know what happened. I, I was just dead sure he was going to eat everything in sight. You know, we, we have a good relationship right now. Right now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <clears throat> Okay. Okay. So, Amy. Go ahead. Amy says. I I wrote to Amy. You You read what she said. That's good. Okay. Okay. Amy says... Uh, I just adore your show, and I'm glad you had nice vacations. Thank you. We did. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just getting into vines and planted reliable star jasmine and Akibia quinata, a.k.a. chocolate vine, which is an invasive in some states, but I've read from several Zone 8B folks that it's manageable here and can actually fruit. Do you have experience with it or have any favorite vines? Ooh, like maypop? Question mark. I'm looking forward to a native plant episode. My wood sorrel, evergreen, huckleberry, and red flowering currant are so easy and happy here in Sherwood, Oregon. My red huckleberry, not so much for some reason. Looks like it doesn't like being under my rhododendron. Here are the, some native Oregon resources that I found so far. And so she also gives some of those, which we'll talk after we address, talk about after we address some of her questions. Okay, so um, I wrote her a, a, go ahead. Yeah, 
peace, love, and flower power, Amy Stark. I love it. I Thank love you, her. Amy. <laughs> First of all, Sherwood is just up the road from us. I tried desperately to find a house in Sherwood. I so wanted to live in Sherwood. It's such a beautiful little town. And it's uh, kind of closer into Portland than I am in Canby. Mm. But it's wonderful. And <clears throat> they have a killer, killer restaurant there with the second best uh, clam chowder in the state. It, it was Ooh, the, what's the restaurant? It was, um, don't ask me. I forgot. Okay, sorry. I'll have to look it up. <laughs> it's in the center of town, though. It was really, really good. Anyway, <clears throat> such nice people there. <clears throat> um, I have an Akiba something something that chocolate vine. <clears throat> yeah. I inherited it with a house. I wrote her this, by the way. I inherited it with a house, and um, I didn't want it there. It was against a southern facing stone wall and mm. i wanted that hot hot wall for tomato plants and other things mm. so i've been trying to kill it for the last 12 years <clears throat> <laughs> it's still there <laughs> <laughs> it's still there it's still blooming i don't know about it fruiting I, I i haven't looked at it fruiting so maybe i should do that but i i don't see any fruits on it i just see it blooming um and it's got these little tiny blooms so it's not like a clem where it's gorgeous and big and everything but it is tenacious mm. and and it was behind some blueberries so i think it must like some acidic soil um and it's in full sun i looked up the red huckleberry and amy i'm sending you a a, a site for it red huckleberry needs 12 hours of sun oh, it wow. needs it needs sun morning, noon, and night. It needs sun from sunup to sunset. And it grows primarily wild in forests, at the edge of forests, get this, on a cut-off stump of a tree in the middle. I love that. In the middle. You, you'll see it. The writer writes and says, you know, and the best berries, the biggest, the most juiciest, the most wonderful red huckleberries come from this this bush that is grown from the stump of a conifer that is so and the, cool and the stump the apparently the berry grows the bush grows and in, integrates into the roots of the of the tree that holds the liquid the the water there all year for it because it needs water and <clears throat> it also needs to be elevated and it's it's uh, the beginnings of its root, the crown of it, dry. So they tell you if you don't have a stump in your backyard that you're going to commit to, you know, ugliness for, because they want it at least two or three feet up. Oh, wow. If you, if, you, if you don't have that, you're to build one by incorporating sawdust mm. and uh, soil. And you're to incorporate it up so that when it, compact down in a year or two it's still two feet above you wow <laughs> and it has to be in light all the time and you have to make sure that it's watered all the time so but not too much watered but just so you it's 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 fussy so amy i want to tell you that i loved your questions i loved your your comments i'm jealous that you live in sherwood and <laughs> I'm going to go over there one day and have another uh, clam chowder. And I hope that you write me back and let me know how your red huckleberry is coming along. Because I think that's one of the hardest things to grow in Oregon. That and um, 
blue poppies. Blue poppies are hard here too. Mm. Himalayan poppies because they don't get cold enough. Send anyway. pictures. <clears throat> send pictures of your red huckleberry. And send pictures. Yes, we yeah. want to see. We want to see them. <laughs> That's right. So, so that <clears throat> grows that fruits. You know, you can get like huckleberries out of that, yes. right? Yes. That is red exciting. Hu- red huckleberries. Huckleberries are normally kind of blue, like a blueberry. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, red huckleberry, and they, I've tried to grow them here, and there's two different kinds of huckleberries, and don't ask me what their names are right now. Uh, <clears throat> there's some that grow wild in higher elevations. Mm-hmm. Yes, those are the ones the, that I know about. Yes, yeah. and I've tried to grow them here, and they don't like it here. It's too hot. Mm-hmm. Too hot in the valley. <clears throat> yeah. So you just, but you might be able to grow one. No, I don't know. Yeah, the, I mean it the, gets it gets really hot here too, and sticky. It's and the sticky, sticky. yeah, sticky, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. let's talk natives for a minute. Uh, what yes. I would like to do is um, get ready, do a little homework, and maybe on the next broadcast, on the next one, we have an all natives. I love it. Yes, yes, because we have uh, we have been talking and skirting around the idea yeah. of natives. We've mentioned several natives. Um, I've given books. out some some uh, New York and East Coast native websites and yes. um, resources, um, but Amy includes some some Oregon specific resources. Uh, yes, so I she do does, and it's online. To- yeah, they're all they're all websites. So the Native Plant Society of Oregon is just uh, www.npsoregon. So Native Plant Society Oregon, npsoregon.org. And then there's also OSU Native Plant Guide. And that is really a, a thorough plant guide. It's a 35-page yeah. uh, document. That you wow. can read all about, like, what is what is the point of planting native? What are the benefits? Side note, Good. benefits are easy gardening because yes, it's supposed that's right. to grow there. So it's, yes. you know, you're not fighting nature. Um, and, and you need your own bed for it. Because yeah, if you're going to grow yeah. a, a native next to an exotic, the exotic needs uh, summer water and the native doesn't. Yeah. And so you have to know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's okay. We wanna we wanna dive into this, and it sounds like other people want us to also, which makes me so excited. Um, Good, let's want, do it. Want us to dive into natives? Um, so yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so much to talk about, and there's so much complexity and diversity and um, nuance to the subject. I, there is, and. And there's a lot of people that go hiking here in Oregon. And when they hike, they see all these natives because nobody's out in those woods and forests planting. It's just God and Mother Nature doing the work. And so there's, you know, there's all kinds of flowers in spring and and ferns and trees that are absolutely stunning out here. And then our fall, unlike uh, the rest of the country, our fall is in slow motion. The trees Mm -hmm. start turning in October and they last through Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a very nice, slow motion, beautiful, beautiful season out here. Um, <clears throat> and there are things that are surprising to me. I was just looking at a list of native, uh, Oregon native flowers. And baby blue eyes is one of them. Now, baby blue eyes is a, 
is a beautiful little blue flower that I got introduced to by Annie's Annuals. She had a pot of them when she came to give a talk, and we all just, oh, my God, we drooled over this pot of maybe blue eyes. And she said um, it was January, and they were blooming profusely. Now, it was in, you know, the San Francisco Bay Area, but um, she said, I started these in November and seeds, just threw them in this big old pot, big shallow pot, and they don't get real tall, so they kind of fall over, and they're as blue as a summer sky with a white center. Mm. They're gorgeous, and just a pot of those, you know, could make your day. You could put them probably, you could start a pot of them out in, on your patio in late winter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. out here. And have a killer, killer display all spring long. Yeah, yeah. And that's just one. Yeah. Or you could throw them in your garden and have a killer display. They don't like heat. But I think they reseed. Oh, that's so, that is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. I mean, it's, it's just like the, the untapped potential that we have yeah. with all of these guys, right? Right. Yeah. And you know that that the uh, the birds and the bees are going to love that. Yes. Yep. Well, so there's a great a great quote that I have from um, Doug Talami. Uh, yes. I think I'm saying his name right. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, but he says, "In the past, we have asked one thing from our gardens that they be pretty. Now they have to support life, sequester carbon, feed pollinators, and manage water, and." You know, they also have to be pretty. We yeah. we don't stop caring about that, but they can no. also, you know, we, we're working with nature so that they're also, you know, bringing nature to us. Well, and also it, it really, it really is important if you plan on also feeding yourself from that garden. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're going to plant tomatoes, which is a Native American plant. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> from Peru, so it's a little further south. Yeah, it's a southern. <clears throat> yeah. little, a little further <laughs> they south. They grow here. They do grow here. They do grow here. <clears throat> if, you, if you plan on feeding yourself, you're going to need bees. Mm-hmm. And if you don't support the bees with, the, with, what they, with what it takes to feed them before the tomato plants start flowering, you're not going to have any. Yeah, yeah. It's just... That's you know, simple. Yeah, it's just that simple. We're all part of this world, and there is something that we can actively do to be part of the ecosystem ourselves. And you also, know, native plants. We are plant, part of the food chain. <laughs> I always thought that native plants were ugly, that yeah. they were all yellow or all mm-hmm. orange, and they were ugly. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Now, a lot of them die back after spring, and that makes them ugly, but that doesn't mean that you have to put up with the ugly part. You let them grow to seed. Mm-hmm. Seed out, spread the seeds, and you're set for the next year. Yeah. That, that's not hard. That's not hard at all. But <clears throat> what I don't, I, I'm looking at this um, list I have here online of, of um, native plants, and they're gorgeous. They're blues and reds and pinks and purples and all different colors. They're not just the ugly yellows and oranges <laughs> that I don't like. <clears throat> they're all different colors. So you can create a very, very beautiful bed with your native plants. You can do it. 
Absolutely. And it may not last. It may not last all year, although some of it might. Yeah, you know? I don't know. I mean, all of these plants are made to grow at at certain times of the season, and That's there right. are some amazing resources that uh, where you can actually look up. Um, okay, what time of year, or like what? Do I need yes. partial shade, shade, That's right. uh, full shade or sun? Yeah. Um, and can, also, I'll, you can get as specific as you want with some of these That's seed right. sites. And also, most of them do not require amended soil. Yeah. Yeah. They just normal soil. Just give me, you know, it's like a drink of water. Just give me it. It's yeah. it, nothing fancy. Yeah. They're, they're really, it's, it, that's what. That's what the hybridizers from the 1800s took and started hybridizing so that we get these bigger, more beautiful flowers, but you have to water them all the time. But originally they started with the natives. Yeah. Anyway, well, we're going to do that. Next time yes. it's natives. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Hey, what are you having for hey, dinner? We're going to have pork loin. Ooh, yummy. On the grill and corn on the cob. Cause mm. I love corn on the cob. It's corn. I'm, I'm Yep. I'm a Missouri girl. Anyway, <clears throat> what do you have for dinner? Uh, we had tortilla soup. We've had oh, several yep. rainy days. So we're, oh. we're back to tortilla soup is one of my classic go-tos because it's nothing but vegetables, but it's so filling and so comforting. Yes, it is. Did you have rolls with it from, uh, is Forrest still making bread? No, I don't think Forrest has ever made bread. I mean, I, no, I would love it. Bread. Maybe you're thinking of alternate universe Forrest, who no, is I'm a not. baker. I, <laughs> no, you guys got a bread machine and he started making bread. Don't you remember that? Don't you have a bread machine? We don't have a bread machine. Okay, fine. Okay. Okay, fine. Um, no, I just, I, we crunch, we crunch uh, tortilla tortilla chips, chips on top of the tortilla <laughs> soup and, you know, um, stick some sour cream and cheese and um, Guacamole. cilantro and lime and you just yeah you, you pile all the good stuff on top of soup and then it it's yeah and does that come with a side of margaritas? <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah. Only when we've had a hard day. But yes, yes. <laughs> and, and only when you're in your jammies next to your bed. I yeah. understand. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good. I don't go out and drink anymore. <laughs> if I'm going to have a glass of wine, it's going to be in yoga pants eight feet from my bed. <laughs> That's how I, you know, I always told Haunt I was the cheapest date he'd know I'd get drunk on a half glass of wine because we don't drink. Yeah. And it was yeah. always with my contacts out, my jammies on, and a half a foot from the bed. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yep. yep. <laughs> when I'm ready to go down, I, I just want to be done. Yep. Done. Okay. Good night. Yep, we're Landrums. That's it. Yep. That's Stu Landrum. That's Stu Landrum talking to you. <laughs> I'm just like my grandfather. All right, my <laughs> All right. That's exactly right. And don't you forget it. <laughs> I love you whole bunches. I love you whole bunches. And we'll we'll talk soon. We'll talk soon. Love you. Check our website. Yes. Yeah. Feel free Gardening to. Related Email us Go with ahead. any questions. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Gardening Related. Email us questions at gardeningrelated.com. Oh, Excellent. and subscribe and leave a review. Thank you. We love you. Yeah. Yeah, we love you. Bye. Check us out on TikTok at Gardening Related, our website at gardeningrelated.com, and our Instagram at gardening.com.
related. Ask us questions, buy supplies, leave your feedback, and give us some love. I like that. Thank you.